0: You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Hey everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal podcast. I'm your host Brent Thomas. Hope you guys are doing great out there and uh, having a wonderful day. Thank you to all of you whose amazing support has kept this podcast growing and growing. We certainly couldn't be where we are without you guys and we are deeply indebted and thankful for your continued support. If any of you out there have stories that you'd like to share and you wouldn't mind being a guest on the show, please let me know. You can email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com and uh, I'll get together with you and we'll dial it in and uh, have you as a guest on the show yourself to share whatever paranormal goodness you've been through. So uh, don't forget to check out our our YouTube page at youtube.com slash portal and uh check out the live streams of the shows uh the the podcast and the the live streams are two very different shows and uh very different variety of information and such so we hope you'll give the the youtube channel a shot as well and thank you so much for all of your uh continued efforts on our behalf and we look forward to continuing to bring you the best podcasting we know how so i hope you're ready because we got a great show lined up for you guys tonight so hang on it's time to get creepy if not all of us are familiar with david politis work on the missing 411 cases and if you're not essentially there are just segments of people going absolutely missing um gone beyond a trace uh, no seemingly rhyme or reason to the disappearances in national parks and even in urban centers around the world, uh, especially in North America and Canada, but the phenomena doesn't seem to be limited to our region either. It's kind of all over the place. And uh, of course, we've all seen the missing people posters that are around and oftentimes it's nefarious or some kind of custody battle or whatever, but every once in a while, some people go missing in the national forest and in, in other areas that are otherwise wouldn't seem to be the type to just disappear. Like they don't seem like a vulnerable population, not like children or uh, you know, in some cases uh, some, some more vulnerable parts of our population, but sometimes they're hunters and outdoorsmen and people that are, you know, very versed, well-versed in the outdoors and getting out into the national forest and hunting and, and hiking and such. And, and they'll just suddenly be gone. And, there's a whole lot of intrigue and mystery around what's going on in these cases. Uh, oftentimes it's left for us to just sit back and just kind of speculate what the hell happened, what's going on here. This is really strange. Um, and if you, if you dive into David Pleidy's work, you'll find that, uh, uh, there's almost, (laughs) there's almost nearly a cover up involved in the national forestry, uh, services and, uh, releasing records of how many people, are going missing every year in these forests, and and uh, and the the number is actually staggering. And and of course, it's it's a completely sobering thought, and it it kind of makes you go, man, something's not right here. But we don't know what's going on. In many cases, uh, there's certain criteria. I know that a very strict criteria that David Pol- Politis follows in his work. In that, you know, it has to meet a certain criteria before he'll dive into it and possibly add it to his body of work. And some of those things are, you know, they they like tracking dogs won't track and, uh, you know, around other people just suddenly missing. And, you know, there's a number of of things, uh, details that are pretty specific to his work. But there are certainly, this is not new news of people going missing, especially in the wild areas of the world. But uh, this is a phenomenon that goes way back to ancient world discussions of pixies and the fae, uh, drawing people, luring them into, you know, into their realms and disappearing forever. And, and perhaps this is the same thing. And I'm not suggesting that all of these missing, uh, cases are some kind of fairies or pixies, um, but I'm saying the idea of people going missing is not new. It's been around forever. However, this is certainly a part of our common, uh, modern dialogue into the paranormal and weirdness of our world. Um, but most often we just don't know what the hell's going on. These people are going missing. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no clues. Really. There's not prints. There's not, uh, trails that are followed by sniffing dogs. They're just gone. And we, we just wonder what's going on. Well, I thought it'd be kind of a, a great idea to, to cover, uh, an article today on the on the podcast that i think is very interesting and it might dive into some of the some of the weirdness that's out there and maybe in some of these cases a little glimpse into what's going on the article in question is by a good friend of the show, Mr. Brent Swanser, and uh, he writes uh, uh, Paranormal and Fordian articles for MysteriousUniverse.org. Uh, just a brilliant man, a great friend, uh, and one of the most talented paranormal writers out there, in my opinion. Uh, I, I read his, his articles and learn something every time. And uh, he, he, uh, he also has a, a Facebook group. If you want to catch up with Brent Swancer or his, his group of uh, you know, uh, individuals out there on Facebook, you can do so by looking for Dark League Paranormal. And it's a great group. I'm, I'm involved out there, too, and, and fantastic people, fantastic discussions, and fantastic information. And so I definitely want to promote all of that because, uh, you know, it's, it's my great honor to be able to showcase his articles uh, on our show from time to time. And this one is no different, but this one is from MysteriousUniverse.org, and it's dated May 8th of 2020. And the title of the article is The Almost Vanished lured into the woods by strange forces brent Swanser. so we're going to dive into this today and see what's going on and have some discussion about could this possibly be some of the phenomena people are experiencing before they disappear i don't know it's anybody's guess but uh you be the judge within the world of mysterious disappearances and vanishings some of the most peculiar have happened in the wilderness areas of our world among the strangest of these are the cases compiled by researcher and author David Politis in his missing 401 series of books featuring all manner of bizarre clues and odd details that at times seem to point at something almost supernatural at work behind the scenes. Since most of the people who have gone missing have never returned alive, we are mostly left to speculate, but on certain occasions there are those accounts in which someone seems to have been on the brink Of becoming one of these victims, yet somehow escaping the clutches of these forces, to return and tell the tale. He will look at a section of some accounts from these almost vanished, which seem to point at something rather insidious permeating the wild places out there to pull people and to never come back. Among these tales of the almost vanished, almost taken, whatever you want to call them. There are quite a few cases in which it seems that the very woods have called out to these people to draw them in, quite possibly with the intention of never returning them. There are numerous examples of this on the Missing411 Reddit forums, and one of these comes from a poster called Magnific Cone, who says that this happened when he was a young Boy Scout camping in the rugged wilderness at a place called Mount Washington in the United States. At that time, he was part of a group of others, and they were in the process of hiking up one of the mountain's winding trails when the group uh, when two the two group members he was with decided to stop and take a break. However, he felt a strange, overwhelming urge to keep going, often accompanied by a sense of blurred or lost time. The witness in this case says: Once my group and I got above the tree line and by several boulders, my two friends decided to slow down and drink water. I don't know why, but I was overcome by an urge that just pulled me to keep going. Eventually, I got lost. My perception of time had vanished, and it felt like a dream because I kept changing locations. But I couldn't remember walking there, and I never questioned it. And somehow, I got to a cliff, and suddenly... I was by a huge pile of rocks, and I began to feel sick and dizzy. I took off my gray and olive windbreaker to reveal my neon scout shirt and folded my windbreaker onto a pillow and just laid down. Suddenly, a man dressed in black tights with a red cross, I think he worked there, I don't know, ran towards me and told me that I looked dehydrated and that there was a weather station I could eat at. Well, I put on my jacket after getting cold and headed up to the weather station. I met up with my troop there and they were worried and informed me that I was missing for almost an hour. When we made it back down, I fell asleep in the car and was drained. So what was going on here? We also have the case of poster Cacophonica, Cacophonica. Uh, Cacophonica, I don't know, I'm sorry, probably brutalizing that name, but it's the best I can do. Who says this happened when he was living at a rural railroad town in the southwest corner of Missouri in the U.S., which was surrounded by hills, woods, and ravines. One summer day, he went out for a walk in the woods near his home, along with his dog, a pit bull named Fatty. (laughs) That's a great name. I love that. And as they made their way through a creek bed, the dog began whining and cowering for no discernible reason. Thinking that there was a a wild animal out there, the witness stopped to listen, only to find the woods eerily devoid of any sounds at all, no wind or birds or anything at all. Which was very weird, because even on a calm day, the forest would usually be teeming with sounds and life, and he stood there for a few minutes in that spooky silence The only sound was his whining dog, which was also odd in that the animal was usually fearless and afraid of nothing. And then he then felt a creeping sensation that gave him the distinct impression that he was being watched, an ominous feeling he couldn't shake. Yet, although every fiber of his being told him to get out of there, he instead felt a strange urge to keep going deeper into the trees and he explains the series of bizarre events that would follow next. All signs pointed to leaving, right? But no, another weird thing happened. Call it being an edgy teenager or anything else, but I felt this strange pull into the woods. There was no sound, but I felt like something was calling me, luring me deeper into the woods. It was the creepiest thing I'd ever felt in my life, but I was so curious. I wanted to know what the hell wanted me, to wander further ahead. I walked forward, aware that my dog had firmly planted himself at the fallen trees. He was shaking all over and yelped at me as I walked away, but he didn't come with me. He also didn't leave, which I believe potentially saved my tail that day. I I gotta change some of the words, family-friendly show and all, but uh, saved my tail that day. And I left Fatty behind and eventually got to the part of the creek that I'd never been to. It was a clearing with a ring of trees surrounding it, with the creek stretching far ahead and going around an unseen corner. Well, the sun hadn't moved, and it was still silent. I stood in place for a minute and considered turning around. The clearing was creepy and just felt def- devoid of everything. I can't explain it well enough. It felt like, I felt like if I walked around that corner, which was just about 100 feet away, that something terrible would happen. I felt like something was just waiting for me to walk into it, unsuspecting. Well, I brushed it off as paranoia. I had plenty of sunlight left, and I could explore alone for once. Besides, if I felt something was, if something was drawing me further in, I might find something amazing. I took a couple more steps, and suddenly, I heard my dog yelping frantically behind me, Startled, I turned around quickly and my dog looking a little like, like a little white speck far back into the trees. He was pacing back and forth at his spot and barking like it would kill him if I didn't take off running. Well, he kept lunging forward, but wouldn't move any distance forward. And I finally realized that something was very wrong. I turned around again to look back at the clearing and it was pitch black outside. I kid you not, seconds ago the sun wasn't even close to going down below the horizon and now the stars were out. No sun, no light. I stared hard at the trees around the corner seeing nothing but elongated shadows and I heard a twig snap. All of a sudden my ears started to ring and panic flooded my entire body. I whipped around and shot back towards the fallen trees sprinting towards my dog and he was snarling and barking like mad and When I ducked under the trees, both of us sprinted back towards the house. The entire time, I felt like I had death on my heels, and Fatty never once ran ahead of me, staying right at my side the entire way back. When I made it home, I checked the clock. During a walk that usually took 10 minutes, I had been gone three hours. I'd left my house at 7.30 and arrived home at 10.30. My parents were due home in an hour, the next day, I walked only part way back to where I could see the clearing. The very farthest I could have walked was about two miles, and it took three hours. I don't know what, happ- what wanted me in the woods that day. I didn't see what it was, and it said nothing to me, but I ignored every natural instinct I had to run until it was almost too late. My dog being there may have been the reason I didn't wander deep into the woods of Missouri and succumb to something or someone in the dark. What was after him out in those woods, drawing him in for unknown reasons? Was he perhaps in danger of becoming another person who vanished without a trace? Scary stuff, folks. Uh, And this is just a small part of the article that we're going to cover, but we got to take a quick break, so don't go away folks we'll be right back with more of the almost missing (laughs) hey guys brent thomas here the paranormal portal podcast we just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the paranormal portal store We've got T-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it. You might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com stores paranormal dash portal. And you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. another story that's brought up in this article from another witness called Oogla the Mock comes an experience that allegedly happened on a camping trip with a youth group in the state of New Hampshire at the end of the two day trip he took a hike by himself down the hill to an area with a makeshift archery range in order to tear it down he made a pile of garbage and equipment to bring back to camp and was about to head back when he says that all sounds in the forest just suddenly ceased, as if a curtain of silence had just fallen down around him. He then says that he could sense a sort of humming sensation, and that is when things would unfold into a terrifying experience. The witness says, for some inexplicable reason, I snapped my head to the right to view the tree line and noticed There was an area with thinner brush, like like an opening, and I started walking towards it like I was being drawn. As I cleared the tree line and stepped into the woods proper, I could feel the pull to go deeper into the woods, becoming much stronger. Looking ahead, the woods were deep in shadow with a strange group of four trees about 75 feet away lit by a shaft of light beaming at an angle from above. The light wasn't the normal afternoon yellow sunlight, but a very strange golden color. The light hit the trees in a way that the bases of the trees were glowing in a beckoning way, with the rest of the woods in shadow, and the trees lit up. It created a weird tunnel vision. The compulsion to go investigate the four trees was now almost overwhelming. The thought of, come see, come quickly, come right now was insistent my head was pounding like like a headache without the pain as i was about to take another step forward another separate feeling from the depths of my being started screaming at me to stop immediately i instantly viscerally knew that despite how enticing this call was if i proceeded forward towards the trees i would be lost to the world That specific impression, lost to the world, scared me deeply. The feeling of, this is not right, and danger were palpable to to me. This somehow overrode the compulsion, and I quickly looked backwards to the opening, and I could see the bows sitting on the ground, and, and I think seeing a bit of reality helped me break the hold of the call. And I suddenly felt a hollow pit in my stomach, and started tracing a path slowly backwards towards the opening. I kept my eyes on those trees like I was facing down a predator. I didn't want to turn my back on them. I couldn't turn my back on them. Making it back, stepping through the opening to the archery range, my head almost instantly cleared. I could again hear noises from the camp and feel the wind, and I looked at where I had just stepped from, And now it felt normal. I immediately grabbed the first load of equipment and headed back to camp. For some reason, I didn't tell anyone at camp what I just experienced. On my subsequent trip to get the last load of equipment, absolutely everything was normal. But I stayed the hell away from that opening. What stands out to me is the loss to the world impression. It was so clear and ominous and, and final. I can't express how truly drawn I was to go deeper into those woods. The feeling to just give myself over to it, whatever it was. I do know that something not good would have happened if I hadn't heeded that warning. I know that my experience was very real and very scary. I'm also convinced that I wouldn't have come out if I had kept going that day wow, that's just terrifying. I, I, i you know, I've, I've experienced, ladies and gentlemen, I've experienced when, when the woods go quiet and it's a horrendously sobering thought. Now I'm not trying to imply that what I experienced was paranormal in any way. And the story is one that I've shared. At least I know I've shared it on the YouTube show several times, but I'll share it here just for the sake of doing it. But it was a situation where, um, friends of mine had a, had a house up in the hills and it's actually the same house where I saw, um, the flying saucer that I witnessed when my, had my first UFO experience. And, uh, they, they since have lived in the house and, and whatever. And, and, uh, as it goes that night, uh, my friend's wife and the small child were alone up at the house in the mountains. And, uh, the husband was off traveling, doing, you know, one of his business trips or whatever. And, uh, she called me and she said, I don't know what's going on, but the dog won't stop barking. Now, they had a, a German Shepherd dog, and it was a good guard dog, a good dog. Um, just a really family-oriented dog, and not overly hyper. But on this night, the dog would not settle down. It would not settle down, and I could hear it barking in the background. And it was outside, and uh, she said, it won't stop barking. He won't stop barking, and something's wrong. Can you come up? And I'm like, sure. So I, I, <laughs> I jumped in my car and drove the 20-some minutes out to the, the house there and got there. And, and uh, I got, to, got the dog and, and uh, got him to quit barking. Once he stopped barking, I experienced that quiet that is so often referenced in stories that even, even the insects seem to be holding their breath. It's just the craziest thing. Even things like crickets aren't chirping. And it's the strangest thing because when you think about it, what does a cricket know? I mean, it's this little bug. Why does it stop chirping? Along with everything else, it just goes quiet. And it's like this shared experience that all of these creatures and, and parts of the forest share in these moments where there's some kind of suspense. Now it could have just been some predator was around like a mountain lion or whatever. Uh, the woods tend to go silent when there's a predator stalking prey and stuff. Um but whatever the case was, it was really unnerving. So I and you know, I grabbed this big, you know, this big long heavy-duty stick and I'm walking with the dog around the house just doing laps and marveling at how quiet it is but just being You know, as as stoic as that can be, because I don't know what's out there and I don't know what's going on. And then it was funny because suddenly and very slowly things started making noise again. It was like, whatever that presence was, whatever was making the woods go quiet had just left. And suddenly first it was the crickets, then the tree frogs. And then, you know, the, the, the normal noises returned and it was just this really incredibly tense feeling. Now, again, I don't know what was causing that hush to fall over the forest, but when you're in those moments, it's just like, I don't know, it's almost this prime, primeval state where you, you feel like you're like the gladiator in the ring all of a sudden. And, and your, your senses go into hyper alert and, and you look around trying to figure out what the hell's going on. But, uh, so I, I do understand that silence. I don't know how it works. I don't know what causes it. And I, I imagine there's many, many different different causes for things like that, but but it is a really sobering experience. It's, it brings you right fully, 100% into the now. Like your mind doesn't drift. You're just totally hyper aware of every little noise and thing going on around you. You go absolutely into the survival mode. It's pretty intense, but it all worked out fine. And that was the end of the experience. And I, you know, once everything normalized, I came back home, but it was, it was pretty intense and it was the dead of night too when this happened. So it was a pretty, pretty intense time. But anyway, that was my experience with the forests going dark. So we'll continue here. And this is uh next story uh, highlighted in this article is, is in another case, poster Bellabina 143 describes how she was 11 years old when she had her own such brush with the unexplained. She says that she and her family would go out camping in the woods of New Hampshire in their camping trailer every summer. And it was during one of these excursions that something very odd would happen. Uh, She says that one time during one of these camping trips, her uncle woke her up and asked if she remembered that uh, what had happened the previous evening, to which she replied that no, she did not. It was then that the aunt, father, and mother would tell her what had transpired, which was creepy, to say the least, and of which the witness says, My aunt was a bit shaky, and she asked, Do you remember what happened last night? I shook my head, no, and listened as my aunt told me about the extremely strange night, which I do not recall whatsoever. My aunt explained that at about 2 a.m., she awoke to the, uh, woke up to the door of the camper being wide open. She quickly checked the bunks and noticed that I was nowhere to be found. She woke up my mom and dad, and then my mom and dad got flashlights and started frantically searching for me outside around the immediate area. My aunt stayed behind because there were still four kids sleeping in the camper. After a scary 10-minute search, my dad s- spotted me. I had walked out of the camper and into the trees about 30 feet away. It was far enough that I could not be seen unless he walked into the trees a bit. And I was just standing out there in the dark with my eyes completely open, but not responding to him at all. I had no shoes, no flashlight and was wearing just shorts and a t-shirt. He said that he grabbed my hand and started walking me back to the camp. He remembers asking me, what's going on? Why in the world would you go out on your own like that? And then I finally spoke up saying, I need to wait here, dad. Let's just stay here. My mom remembers that I then started crying as she and dad led me back to the camper. Whenever I think back to this story, I get a sick, strange feeling. Thank God my aunt woke up when she did. It's important to note that I've never been known to sleepwalk before or after that night. It was an isolated incident, which could have had a very different ending had I not been so lucky. My mom was so upset that she decided to get rid of the trailer, and we wouldn't, didn't do much camping after that night. Yeah, you can hardly blame him. Wow. And he says, was this something calling her into the woods to be spirited away or something else? Who knows yeah that's that's really tough stuff um, what's going on in these situations now, there is a common theme to these situations, and that is this compulsion and is that what people are experiencing in the cases where people aren't so fortunate? Do they feel a compulsion is there Is there something perhaps extraterrestrial like the the story that we just covered with the trees that were illuminated into the in the woods further um you know that sounds like some kind of uh, extraterrestrial presence. Doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be something transdimensional or otherwise. It could just be a. Uh, it could be a hallucination, some form of hallucination that is imp- imposed into the mind of the person. Um, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say, and of course it's all speculation. But this is kind of a neat opportunity to see. What might be going on in these situations where these people do go missing? And it's, it's incredibly <laughs> incredibly shocking. Could there be things out there that we're not quite aware of? And maybe we are aware of them. Maybe these are things we do hear about, like the Sasquatch or the, the Rake or Ghouls or whatever you want to call them or, or any number of other cryptids that are believed to be out there. Is this one of their forms of predation? Do they impose a will over people? Is there a, a compulsion? Is it a, a vampiric thing? Um, in the vampiric lore, of course, people feel compelled. In the Black Eyed Kids encounters, people feel this compulsion to help, uh, even though they have this this hardcore primal fear welling up inside of them. You know, they feel like they want to help or they should help, or you know, they feel this other will being impressed upon them. So is it is it something to that measure, something supernatural or Fordian? And it could be. It's just hard to know, but man, this is really shocking stuff. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we gotta take a break, so don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in all right folks welcome back and we'll get to the last part of this discussion today with the almost missing and uh it's a pretty bizarre topic and it's pretty pretty scary to think that people are feeling this compulsions to go into forests or Acting out of their own will. And I find that absolutely, uh, absolutely frightening to be honest with you. That's pretty scary stuff, but let's see where we go with the rest of this article. It continues on. Similarly, we have the tale of a poster called super Peyton M 22 who says he lives in a house nestled right up against a large expanse of woods in the U S state of Kentucky and describes himself as an avid hiker and outdoorsman. When he had a strange experience, he was around 15 years old, he was out exploring with his two dogs, Max and Bo. He says of this surreal experience, I was hiking a trail that runs up behind my aunt's house, one that I'd hiked day in and day out, just out and about enjoying the woods. I remember looking up the mountain, which I'd never hiked to the top to before and feeling this strange call. It wasn't really a voice, but it was an urge I couldn't ignore. Keep in mind that I'm a very timid person, and hiking unfamiliar trails on my own freaks me out to this day. But that day, all my fear had dissipated. All thought left my head, and I just climbed higher and higher. My dogs followed me, and I don't even know how to describe the feeling that came over me, but I remember just staring down at my feet and feeling at peace as I climbed. There was a moment when I paused to look out at the houses below. I'd never been that high up, remember, and I I felt amazed. I took a picture on my phone and then I looked around for my dogs. Bo had already run off and Max was following. I called out to them frantically to stop, but they didn't listen they disappeared. At this point, looking down the mountainside, I was very afraid. Then I looked back uphill, and it came over me again. I kept hiking, and I kept telling myself I'd just go a little bit further, see just a little bit more. I remember looking down at my feet, just like before, and listening to the silence of the woods around me, and just feeling at peace. It felt so easy to just keep going deeper and so difficult to turn around. But Beau felt the the call too because even after I did break out of it and turn around, only after stumbling on a root and then called back to her, she wouldn't stop. I had to catch up with her and physically turn her around and pet her before she'd come with me. I couldn't stop. Eventually, I heard my walkie-talkie crackle. Everything was distorted and I couldn't make any of the words out. And I assume now that it was, I was just out of range for it to pick up, but back then it freaked me out. Whatever had come over me lost its hold on my mind. My dogs were still gone. Panicked, I began running downhill. It's a wonder I didn't get hurt. As I neared the wide section uh, of the spring near the bottom, my walkie-talkie picked back up and I heard my dogs running downhill behind me. I got home and mostly forgot about it. I just told myself I had almost been lost, and to be more careful. I didn't know what's out there, but I know this. The woods call to us all. In some cases, the lure that draws these people in is something other than a voice or feeling, but... Some sort of entity, and this can be seen in a bizarre report from Poster Supreme Symbiote, whose story revolves around her mother, who grew up in an extremely rural era, area near Umbuquá in Paraguay. I'm sure I'm brutalizing that word. It's Y-R-Y-B-U-C-U-A, and it's in the country of Paraguay. One day, the mother was out playing as a child along with her grandmother, when it seems that she was pulled into a nearby forest by powers beyond our understanding. The poster says of what happened. The area where my mom grew up is especially rural in this countryside, where most of the poor people were. Her house was across from very thick woods that stretched for miles. One afternoon before it got dark, my grandma and my mom were outside. My mom was about seven years old at the time when she spotted what she described as a beautiful little white baby chick. Well, she's always loved animals and enjoyed catching them, so she wanted to catch it. It kept running away from her, even though it seemed like she was just about to catch it multiple times. After what seemed like she was running in a circle for minutes, my grandmother came out of nowhere and yanked my mom's hair. My mom said at that moment she was broken from a trance and that the sun had already set, and she was actually very deep in the woods. My grandmother smacked her really hard on the head and told her that El Pombero almost succeeded in taking her. My mom tried to explain to my grandmother about the pretty little chick, but of course it was nowhere to be found. My grandma said my mom seemed to be playing normally, and then all of a sudden just started fast walking towards the woods. My grandma thankfully ran after her and was able to catch up to her. I always think about what would have happened had my grandma not been there to stop it. I'm so glad that she was. Yeah, no kidding. Spooky to say the least and gives the feeling that this might have been some sort of forest spirit drawing the girl in for inscrutable purposes. Curiously, we have another account from Nicaragua that also seems to involve some sort of impish forest entities. Poster Monkey85 claims that when she was just six years old, she was staying with her grandmother on a huge plantation surrounded by thick rainforest. On one bright, clear day, she was out along a trail with her parents, walking from their Jeep back to the plantation, and she says of what happened next. I remember playing with one of my favorite toys. It was the green ranger that you could push a button and his head would switch from his normal head to his helmet. Anyways, I was playing with it as we walked along the trail and then arrived to a small stream. My parents are easily able to jump over it and keep walking. They look behind them and I can see them watch me try to make the jump smiling at me. I do make the jump, but drop my toy in the process and it gets picked up by the stream. So I immediately start following after it. I can hear my parents yelling for me, but I'm too focused on catching my toy. This next bit, I still remember vividly to this day. All of a sudden I'm in like a field with tall grass. It's surrounded by trees. And the one thing I notice is that it's eerily quiet. I have to reiterate that this is a Central American forest. It is never quiet. There are always hundreds of birds, monkeys, and other small animals everywhere. At the time, I didn't think anything of it. And then I hear something weird, like chirping. And I see small, tiny orbs in the tall grass. And I'm not afraid of them, more like intrigued. They're, they're amongst the grass, like the way you would see an animal's eyes, but they're weightless and floating. I start walking towards them, but then I get scared and run away towards the forest. And I remember getting sleepy as I fell against a, a tea trunk. And according to the witness, she then actually went missing for a full two days as her family frantically searched for her. It was as though she had been kidnapped since her father was rather rich, but There was never a ransom given a massive search was launched for her involving the police military and about a thousand people total combing the jungle dogs, helicopters, the works, but no trace of her was found. Although she doesn't remember anything of what happened during those two days, she does recall how she suddenly woke to find herself on a bus by herself. And she explains, I was missing for two days. And the next thing I remember is waking up in the back of a bus, the bus driver waking me up and asking if I was okay. I remember I immediately started crying and asking for my mom and my mom had me memorize our home home number. So, so they call and I get picked up police investigating thinking it may have been a kidnapping attempt. And they think once they found out who was kidnapped, they put me on the bus I tell them my story, and a few of them think duendes took me. Duendes is something a lot of the people in Nicaragua believe in, especially people out in the fields. It's less believed in the major cities. They're basically described like small people who kidnap children, kill livestock and ruin crops, basically mischievous little things. A telltale sign of them being present is seeing small floating lights in trees or amongst tall grass. People say it's their lanterns that they carry. What are we looking at with these cases such as this? And are there many more like them? And what relation do they have to the whole missing persons phenomena? The wilderness can be a perilous place. And it is understandable that some people might go missing. But when looking at reports such as these, one gets the feeling that there could be other factors at work other than the treacherous terrain, animals, and getting lost, and the elements? Is there something perhaps drawing people into these dim wildernesses to step off the face of the earth? In a way, taking them off to places unknown. And if so, what are they, and why do they do this? For the time being, it seems to be a mystery that only the unseen forces thrumming through the trees know the answer to. And in the case of mysterious vanishings in the wilderness, we're left to wonder if there is perhaps more to it than we can even imagine. What a brilliant article. Wow. That's incredibly, incredibly well done. Uh, and including some reports from uh, Central and South America. So that's very awesome. I, I just really applaud his work. Uh, and, and there's there's no answers, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, but it's just another angle on the phenomena that maybe you hadn't heard of. Um, nobody is able to interview David Politis's, uh witnesses, the ones, the very few who do make it back are oftentimes, you know, unable to communicate. They may be mentally uh, um, unable or too young or whatever in the very few cases of people that do turn up again, but most often they're just gone and that's kind of the end of it. And, and, When bodies are found, again, they're found in the weirdest of circumstances, um, which begs a whole host of understanding that we don't have. So uh, it's just a very, very peculiar and weird thing. But then again, it's a very, very peculiar and weird world. You know, we are conditioned to think it's three dimensions and Mondays through Fridays with weekends thrown in and, you know, pay your bills, keep your food on your table and uh, take care of your stuff and you'll be fine. But there's more, there's more going on here. And that's what the, that's what this show is all about is the more let's explore the more. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm incredibly compelled by these stories and, um, you know, hesitantly so of course, because it does, it does make you feel a big swell of vulnerability that something might just impress itself on our minds and cause us to behave ways that we wouldn't otherwise normally do. And what then? And God only knows. But thank God these people made it and uh, made it through their ordeals and maybe brought a little bit back to the table for the rest of us to ponder. So I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, special thanks again go out to Brent Swancer and MysteriousUniverse.org. Both, uh, you know, if if you're not familiar with MysteriousUniverse.org, get familiar with it. It's an amazing site. Thousands and thousands of articles on the paranormal and the 40 and topics cryptids and some uh, strange phenomena it's just phenomenal and some amazing talent including brent Swanser, of course and again to catch up with brent Swanser, find his group on facebook and that again is dark league paranormal but uh just an epic run all right folks that's going to wrap it up for this uh this episode i hope you've enjoyed it thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our journey uh thank you to all of you who have been finding us on our youtube channel as well at youtube.com slash paranormal portal um it's you know it's a different show entirely it's not the same thing over on youtube but uh, hopefully they're both good shows in their own reasons and uh, they both have their own merits it's not a continuation of one or the other it's Two very different entities, but we do talk about the paranormal in all of them. It's just the YouTube show tends to be a little more comical. <laughs> so if you if you like a good laugh and some weird discussions, then definitely head over there and take a look. Check it out. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us here, folks. Again, please feel free to follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash paranormal portal. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio. Follow us, uh, the fans group on Facebook at uh, facebook.com Paranormal Portal Fans, or search for Paranormal Portal Fans, you'll find it. And uh, other than that, we're on Instagram, and we're on, um, what is it? Oh, Twitter. (laughs) And Parler as well, so... Hopefully you'll catch up with us and uh, become more a part of what we're doing. But thank you all for your support, your kindness, your love, your encouragement. And thank you to all of you out there who continue to recommend the Paranormal Portal to new listeners. And uh, I appreciate your efforts on our behalf. And the show has been absolutely driven by, by listener support. So thank you guys for that. Hi guys it's going to wrap it up for me. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh until next time, take care. Again, watch out for the from the vault episodes which will be coming up in the next few days. Um, I'm going to start releasing one of those. Uh, and those are nostalgic look back at the paranormal portal, kind of back from where we started. Um and long before there was a podcast, long before there was a YouTube channel, it was me and a microphone sitting on uh, internet radio trying to figure it out and in pro- production wise they're okay. They're okay shows. And, but they're going to be offered up as supplemental uh, bonus episodes, so you can kind of take a ride back in time with me to where it, all, where it all started. Hopefully the information is good on those old shows too. I think it is. But, uh, again, uh, I've come a long way. And uh, take them for what they are, but I hope you find them entertaining as well. So watch for those uh, coming up this week. We'll re- release the first one. It has to do with vampires. And, uh, and that should be fun. So, anyway, guys, that's all I got for you tonight. Love you all. Be good. Be kind. Be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Good night, everybody.